Hello, and welcome to the Purple Sky Thinking for Leaders podcast. This podcast is for you if you lead people, teams, or organizations. You might be a leader or manager yourself, or you might be supporting the development and success of people in those roles. I'm Anwen Botwa. I'm a leadership success coach, and I'm the founder of Purple Sky Consulting, and I'm going to be your host for this podcast. My mission is to help as many leaders as possible to love what they do. I want to help leaders feel and be more confident, capable and effective so that they build and grow happy, healthy and successful teams and organisations. We're going to explore topics and themes of leading and leadership in a way that you should find helpful for your day to day, but also to support your continuing development. The episodes will be conversations and I'll be bringing you expert guests each time as we explore leadership topics and challenges in an insightful but practical way. I want to help you and the leaders you work with to love leading with some Purple Sky Thinking. This is the second part of a conversation with Tara Leach. If you haven't heard part one yet, you'll probably want to go and try that first. And the link is available in the show notes to help you find it easily. In this episode, we are continuing to explore racism and how to talk about it with your team. As I mentioned in the previous episode, Tara and I have worked together on creating a guide to help you have conversations about racism with your team. And there's also a guide on how to prepare for those conversations. Tara is an expert in the field of equalities and specialises in race equality. And it's been fantastic working with her on this project. In this episode, and part one of our conversation, we're providing valuable insights and practical ideas which we hope will help you take action on having conversations about racism with your team. Let's get started with this final part of the conversation where we'll be exploring the discomfort that comes with this troubling topic, how to handle those who are challenging, the impact of privilege, being a leader of colour, and how to keep your focus on leading change in this area. A term I hear regularly, so we all hear regularly, and I hear this particularly face or VDI, particularly racism, is to be comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> it doesn't fit fit right with me. Fit right with me. I'm not sure what the right yeah. way of describing it. And I'm fairly sure I will have used that term at some point as well in a way of how do we get people involved in the conversation so that we're starting to have conversations, recognizing that it's a really really troubling subject and most people have some kind of personal not experience of it but fear around that topic Mm -hmm. and conversation um but i'm not sure it's about making people more comfortable i don't know what's your thoughts well when you said it i had to laugh because i think i'm the one are we blaming you (laughs) you can absolutely blame me because i think I should have it written on a t-shirt in our previous organization because I use that expression a lot with our senior leaders. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I felt it was really important is because there was too much of a focus for me mm-hmm. on making people feel comfortable. And comfortable and safe are two different things. Yes, they are. Because you can be safe but be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and challenged. And it's so they're completely different notions to me. So when I say be comfortable being uncomfortable is we were really clear about we're at point A, we want to get to point 
without detour of going, we're too scared and we're not mm-hmm. going to do this. But in order to get there, it's not a hayride in the park. Yeah. So there are going to be some very difficult moments and we have to be okay. So that's the comfort bit is yeah. you've got to be okay that there are going to be difficult moments. You've got to let those difficult moments wash over you and sit with them because that's where the growth happens. Yeah. It's like when I was, you know, I'm very tall. You obviously can't see that on a podcast. I'm a tall person. And when I was a child, I had, <laughs> I had what they called um, growing pains um, because I was growing so quickly as a child. I think I was at five foot ten by the time I was 12 years old. So I had growing pain. But the growing pains came because I was growing. So I'm kind of glad I had the growing pains because I do quite like being tall. <laughs> but I know what I'm saying that this now is you're not going to grow unless you might go through a little bit of discomfort in that growing. I think most teenage boys will will understand that they grow like weeds at some points in their lives. <laughs> um, but it's not always going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And every every phase of that we want to go from point A to point B, this is the direction we're taking, isn't going to be uncomfortable. There will be moments to kind of celebrate successes along the way. There's going to be people, and we talked about allies earlier, who I call, and this is just my word I used, was the naysayers. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to the organizations I work with now, I always, particularly when they're just starting out the journey, I talk to them a lot about that you're going to have naysayers. Just because an organization has decided we're going to have an anti-racist organization. We put out our anti-racism statement. This is the work we're doing. We're setting up to this charter. Um, we're doing this work. Going to be people who were perfectly happy with the way things are previously. And just like if you were digging to put a new building in, you're you're going to dig up the rats. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to come out. And you're going to have to deal with them. Yeah. And so when we, and then there was a particular point, I can't remember if you were still in the organization or not at this point, but there was one person who was being particularly challenging in one of the, in one of the departments. And I remember saying to our, our senior leader at the time, this is the, this this is the, that moment I was telling you about being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. This is the moment. It is here. I talked to you about people who are not going to like necessarily what the university is doing and how that comes out could be, they might just be silent. They might just be the ones who are in the back of the room and the team, not saying a word, not engaging. And, and ultimately we can, we can't change the way people think. And I don't think I want to necessarily change the way people think. If someone doesn't like me because my skin is brown, they don't like me because my skin is brown. I'd rather know to be honest, but I can talk to you about your behavior in the organization and how you're acting because we set out standards for behavior in all organizations. So, and it's not comfortable having those kinds of conversations with people. In that particular case, he was incredibly disrupted in a session that I was asked to facilitate on. Um, And I, someone else in the room was so uncomfortable with those, with those actions that they filed a formal complaint. And it turns out that this person had been disruptive in similar situations before. So there was a formal complaint lodged okay. against them. I had to give evidence and all of these things. 
but we were put into a very uncomfortable space. Yeah. And we could have just said, oh my goodness, this, we don't want to do this anymore. This just shows this isn't the right way to go. And I'm often saying, actually, this shows that you're on the right path. Yeah. Because it means that you're ruffling feathers, mm-hmm. you're stirring things up, yeah. and it means you're on the right path. So you should be okay with that. It's not always going to be like this, but you cannot get to point B without having those trials and tribulations along the way. So you've got to be okay with them. So that's okay. what I mean when I say, yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say, and part of that is daring to say it, isn't it? Daring to say, yeah. actually, that's not okay. And, yeah. and that is part of really what we mean by that uncomfortableness. It's actually, this is about saying it. This isn't about sitting quietly and letting it, letting it go. Actually, yeah. it's about saying it and knowing that it will be uncomfortable for people. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's part of it though. That's part of how the thing starts changing because if we Absolutely. don't say anything, it just sits there. It sits there and it festers. Um, and it, that's, it's, it's the, it's the not saying it, it's the sitting there and it's festering. That's how it becomes normalized. And you know, racism is already normalized. We know that, but that's how it continues to be normalized as this is the norm and this is okay. And it's, like every other struggle that we have overcome in this world, whether it's voting voting for women, whether it's you know abolition of slavery, whether whatever it is, in order for people to have justice, things got to break. Yeah, no one has ever relinquished their power without a challenge. Oh, it's I've just decided that I don't want to be I don't want to be superior anymore. No, I had in half my space. That has never happened, and it never will. People like being, whether it's perceived or otherwise, powerful. They like to be, feel superior. I and mean, that's not everyone, but that notion of superiority is not something people are going to give away without being challenged. And because there's no challenge to it or not enough challenge to it, actually, sometimes there's an element of not necessarily being aware of it being in place. Mm-hmm. Unless if you, well, that's actually not. The one that has it, and <laughs> that and that's maybe that's definitely how my life has felt. I've never felt challenged yeah. by that in that way, yeah. and therefore it hasn't had the same impact on me at all. But now that I am more aware, now that I understand it better, it's recognizing that actually we have to change things for that balance to shift. It won't uh-huh. happen just because we're wishing it to. Yeah, it won't. It absolutely will not. I guarantee you. It's designed that you don't see. And I suppose we can use the word privilege. Mm-hmm. And we all have privilege. Absolutely. You know, I have certain levels of privilege that other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't have racial privilege. Um, but it's designed so that those who have that privilege don't see it. That's that's the beauty of its design. That's, that's just insanity of it as well, isn't it? It's yeah, just, it is. Oh, that's a very good yeah. word for it. That is the insanity of it as well. And um, that's where we have these problems with privilege of feeling like, well, I'm now being marginalized. See what I mean? No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are attempting to readdress the balance. That is not the same thing. <laughs> yes, it is not I, the same thing. It is not the same thing, but it means somebody having to give something up. 
that they either didn't realize they already had. (laughs) And that's, for me, I think part of the problem. Sometimes there's a lack of understanding that that actually that you have had that power and privilege. And that's why maybe it feels difficult to give it up. It's very difficult to convince someone who in other areas of their life, in particular, and there's kind of two ways you can look at it. Someone who's perfectly perfectly aware and enjoying their privilege isn't going to want to give it up, but they're aware of it. So they can have a great conversation about you, with you and they're going to tell you straight up, I'm not giving it up. Yeah. But then there's other people who are not aware of their privilege, particularly if they're struggling in other areas of their life. If they had to work hard for, you know, the career that they have, or if they're from a working class background and they've always struggled financially um, and they feel a class, well, the lack of a class privilege, someone who who doesn't have other areas of privilege and possibly can't articulate those other areas of privilege. And I'm being incredibly vague when I say this. I'm not speaking about anyone or anything in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make the point about for others who are struggling in other areas of their life, may not may not go, well, you know, well, I, well, I struggle too. But it is different. It is different. And there's other kinds of, there's other kinds of struggles that even I, won't understand you know i live in england i while i do not sound like it (laughs) i was born in england so i have that for the next five years burgundy passport which i recognize the privilege of being born in the united kingdom and being able to travel pretty much anywhere i want without thinking about it Mm -hmm. i know people who are either asylum seekers or have have gained their status over the years who did not have or do not have that privilege. I'm aware of it, but I could easily say, well, I'm I'm struggling in this area, so I can't I can't see what the, I can't see your privilege because I or your struggle because I feel that I'm struggling in another area. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting area of understanding privilege. And I think, yeah. you know, we definitely touch on resources to look at that in the preparation guides. Um, if this isn't, if you're listening to us and this isn't an area you have a good understanding of, I think start here. I think this is a really yeah. great place to start. Um, and I would probably say is a great place to start a conversation with your team as well as around the, the understanding around privilege. And that doesn't have to be a, tell me your, where yours is <laughs> um, and sharing it in that way. But getting to a point of understanding that concept of privilege and how it might um, disadvantage people and has continually disadvantaged people as a result of that. Um, But that there are broader impacts of that and it's important that that's understood. I think that's a really, really important point to make, particularly around the let's, let's, let's all sit in the room and tell us about the areas that you struggle in more life. I was, I was, it just re- reminded me, I was once in a training session again, this was years ago, and the facilitators said, let's all shout out racist terms just to get it out of the air. I know. <laughs> it, it was, it was bad. It was bad. And that hurts. What? <laughs> but people were hesitant. I mean, everyone in the room was mortified mm. initially 
But all it took was for one person to say one kind of somewhat innocuous thing. And oh my goodness, the floodgates opened. And I felt that was very uncomfortable. I don't necessarily think it's something you have to make people share no. their personal story situations, unless they want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not just forcing yeah, anyone, but if someone does want to share and feels comfortable, safe, yeah. enough to be able to share something, it's also an opportunity to learn about each other, yeah. to learn about how people are different. Um, yeah. It's, it, it can also be an, an interesting way of, of having, of sharing with each other uh, people's personal lives, but it should never be forced. Never, ever, 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 ever be forced. Yeah. And I think that's where those, you know, picking a topic and talking about a topic rather than necessarily the personal experiences, mm-hmm. unless it's people, like you say, are really wanting to do that. And then yeah. I think it's still a case of actually, is that right for the first type, first conversation? Yeah. Uh, you know, make sure that the, the space actually is safe first. And by focusing yeah. on a topic rather than individual experiences, probably yeah. is a good way to test those boundaries of that safe space. Yes, I completely agree with that. And check okay. in with people afterwards, yeah. either as a group or individually, but check in okay. with people afterwards. Absolutely. How you doing? This, this was a. I know this was potentially a difficult conversation and I, I just want to make sure that you're okay, that everyone's okay. You know, anything we could have done differently. What do you think worked? Yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your sharing. All of those kinds of things go a long way. So I'm going to just pick up one last question, I think. Maybe two. But we'll try two. Let's go to these two. So... This is particularly talking to somebody who is from an um, from an underrepresented race, and they um, might actually be the leader of that team themselves. Uh-huh. They aren't sure how to handle that, or aren't sure uh-huh. they're that comfortable or confident handling the conversation. What's your thoughts on how they maybe should address that? I think initially, the first thing is to to acknowledge that is an incredibly challenging position to be in. I think historically people of color in leadership roles are feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think of very good leaders, I I see that they 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 address this in many different ways. Some people are very open, they're very forward, and it, it could be a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Some people I rem- I remember um years ago when I worked for Murphy College, this one principal of an Effie College in I think, I think it might have been, it was talent Grimsby, like a very, very far out, very white area. Mm-hmm. And he has come in as the, the principal of the college. And I remember him telling me, well, he just makes sure he's in every single photograph. <laughs> and that's one of the ways that he, he kind of challenges without actually challenge. So there's different ways of doing it is the point I'm making, but it is a challenging position to be in. So my number one thing is protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you feel safe. Make sure that you feel comfortable. Uh, I do think potentially to be able to, and again, it will depend on the team. It will mm-hmm. depend on how that team already operates. If it's already a challenging environment, it might just very well be that that's just not something they can do right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And they may need to work to get to that point. It may also be that they 
step out of that conversation mm-hmm. and bring in someone from either outside their team or outside the organization. It could be like the EDI team. It could be more, it could be other, other senior colleagues, or it could be that they bring somebody in. It, again, it will depend on the organization. So that's where we do that preparation and what thinking that you talked about earlier will come in handy. Um, getting advice, I think, is very important on how best to address that. Because if they're already having difficulty trying to lead, yeah. um, I know for particular and from, from experience that a lot of times, you know, for example, black women will have a difficult time leading because people just don't want to see a body that looks like that in a leadership space. Um, and that's not always the case. Yeah. It, it has been my ex- in my experience, but it's not always the case. Um, so they might be fighting fires and not able to to go there, or it might be a really good working environment, and it might be okay to go there. Yeah. So that notion about kind of that self reflection is still the same starting point. It just might be that the action might look a little bit different. And the level of support might be that actually, yeah. like you said, do I need somebody else to facilitate, yeah. lead this conversation? I might want to be actively involved as a participant, or I might want to be nowhere near that. And I might want to let that team yeah. explore that for themselves, especially if yeah. I'm the only person of color that would have been in that conversation. Yeah. But like you say, it might be that the team work really well together and are connected. Mm-hmm. And that as a leader, you're able to then kind of talk into that space and share if you're wanting to, that there's a level of discomfort because you're the only person of color in the room and you're now going to have a conversation about racism. And if that's possible, then that might be very powerful for enabling the discussion to be as safe as possible, actually. (laughs) But there isn't any obligation to do that. And it has to come from a place because that feels right for them that's yeah that's what i think how does that feel right to you no no i completely agree with you yeah it it's a it's a little bit for me a bit more complicated because you just kind of have to it's more of a get the lay of the land and you'll know the lay of the land and then you'll have to make steps according to me just according to the way that that team works Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't still do the work. It just might look a little bit differently. It might look different. and But I think it's okay to be uncomfortable with that and to, to, mm-hmm. to call that out and to look for the support that you need because mm-hmm. of those circumstances because that's just reality as well. And yeah, I think that it's, it's okay to find that difficult and to want to do things in a certain way that enables you to feel comfortable as a leader in that space. Yeah. And that's no different whether it was this or, or something else. It's like, how do you help you be in the right space to lead that wealth? And that doesn't have to mean you do it. <laughs> that's no different. That well, thing. So that's that's okay to have permission for that, I think. It's, it's absolutely fine. So last question. Uh-huh. How do I keep from being discouraged if I'd find if I'm finding doing this difficult or I'm maybe not getting the level of support I'm hopeful from the organization. I think you may you might need to step back and kind of understand that you know you're not you're not you're not here to solve racism in the world, yeah. in the UK or even in your region. 
or even in your organization. So if you've gone in with very lofty ideas about I'm a superman and I'm more superwoman, I'm coming in to save the organization, then you've kind of come in with the wrong intentions as well. But if you are, you know, genuine in what you want to do and one of the things that we've talked about and you're still not seeing either any progress, it might be time to step back and reflect on why that might be. It might be that you need to do a little bit, whether it's on yourself, whether it's doing more research, um, whether it's talking to people, and that could be either friends or family, or it could be professional. Hmm. So you may you know, have a conversation with someone like me or a coach. Um, those kinds of things might help. It might. It, it also might depend on what what is causing that feeling of dis- discouragement. Like, you know, why don't you feel encouraged about what's what's happening? Is it a particular person, or is it that the team doesn't want to engage, or is it that the team is really great but the organization is just not supportive? So. It, it might depend on on a lot of different things. You might need a mentor as well, but I'd also say celebrate the small things. You know, it's not going to be easy. It might as well it might also be two steps forward and one step back. Mm. But celebrate the small achievement in the work that you're doing. Well, we didn't exactly get to where we wanted to be, but oh my goodness, we've been able to do this, and that's just that's great for us. Yeah, you know, how am I going to build on that? You know, everything, everything difficult and challenging that we do, whether it's a PhD, whether it's a massive project, you're always going to have moments where you think, why on earth did I start this? <laughs> it's not going well. Um, nobody wants to talk to me or engage with me, um, but just keep going, really. Keep going and, you know, keep going, talk to people, whoever it might be, and celebrate the achievements. I love that. I mean, but keep going. But keep because your your point at the start was actually you know remember the intent, remember why you started mm-hmm. to do this, um, and like you say, I love that piece around. There will be there will be progress that you're making just from starting those conversations, and celebrating that and looking for mm-hmm. all the positive in there, um, and to reflect on why it feels like discouragement or why that's what you're feeling, um, and explore that because there's probably growth for you as a leader in in understanding that as well not just on this topic but more broadly and um, so explore that with with yourself through like you say a mentor asking your team those questions of why is this stuck why are we not making progress what could we do about that yeah um that's a great way to kind of get under the under that a little bit any anything else you want to add to that no i think that's okay Fantastic. Yeah. That feels so, that feels okay. That feels good. So thank you so much for taking part in this conversation today. Um I found that really challenging in lots of ways, but also incredibly right. energizing in terms of actually there's those to go after here. You can do this and it it's the support's there. <laughs> but start start somewhere um, and start giving it a go and and I'm sure that the people listening to this today will have found your insights and your expertise that you've shared with us today really helpful to take them those steps further forwards in that work so thank you so much for that 
We hope that this conversation has left you feeling more prepared to start or progress conversations about racism with your team. If you have any follow-up questions or comments at all, please do get in touch via LinkedIn or feel free to email me at anwen at purpleskyconsulting.co.uk. A big thank you from me to Tara for sharing her expertise and insights during this conversation and for all her work with me on this project overall. Thank you, Tara. And finally, thank you for joining this episode of the Purple Sky Thinking for Leaders podcast. You'll find all the resources and links mentioned in the show notes. If you love this episode, share it with others who you think would find it helpful in their leadership role. I'd love for you to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if we've earned it, why not give us a five-star review? That would be incredible. I'm Anwen, your host, and I look forward to welcoming you back very soon to the Purple Sky Thinking for Leaders podcast. Bye-bye for now.